Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. If you're going through any of life transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup Book Series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host and coach, Joyce Buford. Good morning. I hope I find you feeling great today. It's a beautiful day here, and life is going really well. But you know, sometimes we go through those experiences that we can't really say are going too well, and that's when we hit that wall and we need our second wind. So this morning, we're going to visit with a woman who has indeed experienced a second wind in her life. Um, Before we get started, though, I always invite you to please get your cup of coffee, find your favorite chair, and sit back. Because what we're going to talk about today is one of those major transitions that you will go through in your life in some form of fashion, and that is a loss of a loved one through death. Usually, we think of transitions as maybe loss of job, loss of parents, uh, a change in the family situation, a loss of divorce, so many of these transitions. But one of the real major ones that we deal with in our life is, of course, death. How do we handle death? It's a difficult one because it makes us feel a little uncomfortable, but yet it is part of life. And so that is what we'll be talking today with this wonderful friend and coach who has made this transition. Jackie Long, oh dear, here I go, Jackie. This is my favorite (laughs) part. Long pra. Long pra, Jackie Long pra. And I met, oh, four or five years ago when we began our healing our searching for our growth to grow our lives through the Jack Canfield work who did the chicken soup book series. And so when I met Jackie, we were growing, weren't we, Jackie? We were growing. Big time. Big Big time. (laughs) So Jackie and I have been together on this journey for a few years. Now, Jackie at that time had experienced a major loss. Uh, She had lost her husband at the young age of 42, totally too early, too early. And they had just experienced 16 months of cancer, which is a journey in itself, just the the treatment of cancer and living with that um, that, uh, whole process there. And then he had had died, and she was left with the grief of 
rebalancing, rebuilding her life. There were two things that Jackie discovered, that most people are uncomfortable with death, and that it also, being a single woman of, as a widow, you are sort of expected. Society has some expectations put on you that confronted her with a sense of life will never be normal again. And we can all see how easily that could happen. Now, her husband's early death taught her that life was too short. It's too precious for your dreams to be put on your back burner and just to react, just to go along with life. So pick up your dreams and go after them. She decided to leave her corporate job, make a decision to devote her life to a resource to helping other widows go through their transition of build, rebuilding their life and for helping children learn how to live with purpose and joy again after going through this. Because at the time, she was a mother and did... Jackie, you had how many children? I have two children. Two and children. They, they were 8 and 15 when their dad passed away. Right, yeah. So very young. So that you had... You know, you were not only going through your grief, but you were also help, trying to help your children go through, through their grief. So, right. I welcome you this morning. It's, I'm delighted that you're on the show. And then we can bring this message to so many women that experience this part. Men, men and women. I don't want to just say uh, women. But... Uh, there is a major, an additional major um, rebuilding step that a woman goes through when losing a spouse. Many times that's the money earner of the family. So there's lots of transitions, lots of transitions. But what was your, I, what was, you talked about the two things that you experienced the most. And how do people really, what do they say when they come up and they want us so badly to give you some comfort, but we usually step on our own two feet, don't we, or put our foot in our mouths? Yeah, unfortunately, and we could probably do an hour just talking about that because people really do want you to feel better yeah. and they don't know what to say. And and that's okay because really most of us haven't been taught how to handle death. We're actually kind of taught to set it aside, not talk about it. Right. And that's, that's really difficult because then how do you learn how to truly comfort someone and how do you learn how you want to be comforted? Right. So, yeah, people say all sorts of things thinking that they're helpful when in reality, sometimes it's better not to say much of anything other than I'm really sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, so when <clears throat> it's just so it's a difficult subject to talk about because the only modeling we really get is from our parents, which is the modeling they got from their parents. So it is 
understandable why it would be so awkward for us to talk about it. It's just, as you said, it's not talked about. So right. there is no class for this. And the expectations, what, what were people expecting you to be as the widow? Well, um, I really don't, I really do believe I was, I was different in some ways. I did do a lot of grieving while Dale was still alive. Yeah. As soon as I did my research on, he had kidney cancer and I did my research on it. I just knew my intuition and my heart told me this was going to take him. I didn't Mm. know how long. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the journey would look like, but I, I just knew. Mm-hmm. And so there were very, very few people I confided in about this knowledge because Dale did not believe he would die from this until literally it was his last hospital stay. Uh-huh. And things were so grave, then he finally went, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was... 14 months into the process. Mm. So, so it was very difficult to me for me because he had always been my confidant and I, I couldn't confide the most important thing going on and the most deeply troubled feelings that I had. So I didn't confide with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so when he did die, I had done a lot of grieving, not that it took away from he's now dead and it hurts and now life is here without him. That's, mm-hmm. that's continued the journey, but I had done a lot of grieving. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, um, you know, I did have expectations. I mean, people were asking me, are you going to move? Are you really going to stay in that big house? You know, just you and the kids. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm like, I don't want to live the life that you want me to live or what you think is right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn how to live my own life and mm-hmm. let go of the expectations that other had, others had for me because it was just okay. about me and my children. Right. Yeah. Um, when people, were those like friends that would keep asking you these questions or the family members primarily? Well, friend, friends and, and honestly, acquaintances. Really? It, you know, you would, you would think that people would not ask such personal questions, but, but they would. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's just a really hard thing to answer. And, you yeah. know, so I learned, you know, if, if anybody out there is listening, think, what do I say to somebody who is asking me a question I don't want to answer? You know, it could be, you know, well, thank you for your opinion. I mean, people just provided their opinions. Yeah. So, you know, we don't have to respond. We don't have to defend, even though at times we may want to. Yeah. You know, just thank you for your opinion. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We have, we almost feel like obligated to have a, a good answer for them. You know, we always want to be together, but, um, Actually, your grieving process, well, I don't want to go into that right now because we're going to briefly be going to a break. And um, So of those questions, Jackie, that were asked, um, 
Would there be a typical answer that you could say, just thank you for asking, thank you for asking, I just don't know now? Or um, I haven't made that decision yet. Haven't made that decision yet. Yeah. And, no. and in a way, that does kind of close the door to further conversation. Right. When you say, I haven't made that decision yet, you are saying, this is my decision. Right. I mean, I had people ask me on the day um, on the day my father died. I had somebody ask me if my mom had was selling the house. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, you just don't I'm think gonna, about these Jackie, things. I'm going to stop you here because okay. we're going to go to our break. Okay, you know, be right back with Jackie Longtrop. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. This is Buzz Local Radio. We have three topics here, and we just added a fourth because we started talking about hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yep, in a band. He's in a band. We both had guitars, so I went over to his house Christmas Day that so day. We had to start a band. And uh, I think we wrote four I or five that songs feeling. that afternoon. And Cannibalistic Fish was one of them. Cannibalistic Fish. <laughs> I couldn't do the dreads. My mom would not oh, let me wear my pants backwards darn. to school either. That was wiggity, 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 wiggity. <laughs> Buzz Local Radio. Available for free download on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome. This morning we are talking with Jackie Longcrawl, and we are talking about one of the major transitions that we do go through in life, and that is about the transition of losing a loved one through death. So when I met Jackie, we were in the Jack Canfield, studying with Jack Canfield, uh, the co-founder of the Chicken Soup book series. And he had many training and conferencing um, um, workshops that we attended together. Now, Jackie, I know at that time we were both growing into what we wanted to and that we we frequently ended up, both of us, going into coaching. But tell us more about your process and how you decided to approach a very important subject to you. Well, when it came to grieving, um, one of the biggest losses I've ever had in my life was when my husband passed away. 
And I was finding that the majority of the people I talked to and the resources that I was picking up, I was just not finding honestly very helpful to my own process. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up developing my own process um, of grieving, which I didn't realize what I was doing. But later on, I, I put that to pen and paper, and it's called the pain, moving from pain to peace. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. what's really important for people to know, no matter how you feel at any given time after the loss of a loved one, it's totally possible to work through your grief and to feel alive again. Mm-hmm. And it's just the problem, Joyce, is that most people don't understand how to navigate the grief process. Well, there's, I, I do have another question that sometimes people want to put like a time limit on it and for healing. Like, uh, well, it's been three or four years. Don't you think she should be over it by now? Did you find this to be a a common expectation for you? That's just a really great point because a lot of people would say time heals all wounds. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with that because time, you know, giving something time to me is just waiting. Mm -hmm. And to me, the grief process is about taking some action. And if we Mm -hmm. just wait around for it to go away, then it's probably not going to. Ah. And and so what action did you take in your life? Well, the very first part of my peace process is giving yourself permission to feel the feelings. Mm -hmm. There are so many feelings that come. And the feelings that come from me, Joyce, may not be the same as they come for you. So it's giving yourself permission to feel your feelings without judgment. What is it supposed to look like? It doesn't matter what it's supposed supposed to look like. Every relationship is different, and every relationship brings different feelings when that person dies. Mm -hmm. So your feelings are neither right or wrong. They simply are. And grieving is a normal and necessary process to move towards your peace and to find the new normal that you can have in your life. Right. But but did you find somebody that could say, okay, step one in, in your recovery of grief is this. There has to be a sort of like a a rule book, doesn't there, or is there not? Well, there there are some people out there who have done some really, really great research, and they've come up with certain orders or certain things or certain feelings that we're supposed to go through to be completing the grief process. Right. And I don't I don't agree with that either. So even the process that I put out there, I, I hope is generalized enough that it will work in most situations for most people. Mm-hmm. So no, I don't believe that you've got to do this, then you got to do this, then you got to do this, then you got to do this. Because I also believe that we can work through whatever we think is best and we can think we've worked through something and there's still going to be feelings that come up. Mm -hmm. I don't believe if the relationship is tight enough and close enough and important enough that the grief process will be 100% over. I just don't believe that. Ever? I don't believe that. Because for me, the depth of the love that I have had for a few people in my life that have passed 
I am always going to feel some sort of loss, even though I have worked through this process and I continue to work through this process, there are still feelings that will come up where I miss those people. And to me, that's a part of grief. Ah, we might call that the final stages of grief, really. It's at the end of grief. It's always, and maybe that is a a good thing to discuss, is that it never completely goes away. It's always a part of you, that you miss this person. And that's okay. I do. Right. I do believe that, yes. Right. Well, you know, I don't like to be, I don't like for my legs to hurt. I don't like for my heart to hurt. So I think it's really hard for us when we start talking about pain to uh, open up and accept some of those, unless it's thrust on you like it was in your case. Now, okay, step two of your process is about embracing the journey. So what does that mean? Well, this is the journey that God has given us. Mm-hmm. And we can embrace it or we can fight against it. And the longer that we fight against something, the longer that it's going to stick with us. So the longer we fight the pain, the longer it's going to stick with us. If we can embrace the pain or whatever feelings that we have, we're able to embrace them, feel them, work through them, move to the next piece. And so embracing the journey, and it's going to be unique for each of us. Mm -hmm. The most important thing that I believe is that no one has the right to tell anyone how their journey should look. Right. That's not fair. Your journey is going to be different than mine. I can certainly share with you what worked for me. Mm -hmm. And then I want to give you the respect of letting you have your own journey. And by doing so, that would make me a safe place for you, that you can talk to me, that you can share your feelings and your decisions and what's the the life that you're choosing to live. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the steps that you encourage people to do during this, this phase of their journey, recovery journey? Is it, is, is it get clear about themselves? Is, is it, is it physical? What are some of the things? Exercise, I would think, if, if they have It's almost a transition in their lives. But sometimes, like exercise, people go through such depression during this sad time after losing and going through grief that they can't seem to do those steps. So how do you encourage them to do those steps? Well, that, and that is true, especially, you know, exercise is very, very difficult for some people. It's easy for others in this stage, but some people feel so down that Mm -hmm. it's hard just to even get out of bed. So it's, you know, just to get out of bed, it can be just such a baby step of, okay, I'm just going to put my feet on the floor. Right. Yeah. So, you know, to think about exercise when I'm in the depths of my grief Right. That's probably not going to work. I remember um, during the final days of Dale's life and um, also right after he died, I wasn't, I was barely eating unless somebody put the food in front of me. Right. 
I mean, yeah. I had people who were delivering meals. I didn't make a meal for six months. And so I had food in my house all the time. But just to even go in the kitchen, put something on the plate and put it in the microwave was a real big deal. And if I didn't have to feed my kids and it was just me, then it was a lot easier. So a part of that is having a support team. What does your support team look like? And being around people who make you feel safe is Mm. so important. This is heavy stuff. Mm. Grief is heavy stuff. Not everybody can handle it. And so it's, it's finding out those people who can handle it and who are willing to be there for you and inviting them into your life and allowing them to help you. That's right. a part of embracing your journey. Well, in your journey, where did you find the support groups that you refer to? Did you, were they through friends? Were they through going back to the church? Were they... Um, how did you find your support group? Well, it actually took some time, and that was a part. I, I just wasn't finding what I felt were strong resources. I had gone to a support group at hospice, and honestly, I left feeling a little bit worse than when I went. And it wasn't because of feeling the feelings. It was because I felt like I couldn't share where I was in my journey mm-hmm. because the people kind of weren't weren't with me. They were just in different places. Right. I did um, come across, and and I'd known about it, but I hadn't gone. I came across a really wonderful um, support group at my own church, which was right under my nose the whole time, Mm. when a friend of mine's husband died. And so I I took her, and by going with her, I actually got involved in giving back and helping at times to be one of the leaders of that group. And yeah. that, 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 again, is a part of embracing the journey, being able to give back. And what good can I make out of this tragedy that happened in my life? How can I serve other people? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, churches have, so, so many churches have become aware of this transition as being so difficult that they do have great support groups. I sometimes think people get will stay with friends when they do need to reach outside and go to organizations that are more um, more equipped to deal with grief and that transition. How do you feel about that? Well, I agree because, you know, typically in one person's just you know, friends circle or your friends community, there may not be that many people who have experienced anything like you have. I mean, for me, right. it was losing a husband at the age of 42. Right. I mean, I, you know, I just didn't know that many people in my life. So it was finding a group of people who spoke my language. Yeah. And okay, who, Jackie, excuse me again. We are going okay. to go to a break, and I do want to come back and hear this because I do think that it's very important to get with the right support group. So yes. we'll be back with Jackie Longprawl as we talk about the transitions of, of pain to peace, which is her process. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. 
Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome to The Quip with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances. The online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess to success journey has taken her from life as an upper middle class stay at home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness as she builds a thriving business while raising her healthy happy family every week on the quip Miriam Nicole shares her love life legal and lifestyle success secrets whether it's wisdom you're seeking inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success or you want to know how to fully align your faith family and finances to create more freedom for yourself you're in excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com and join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome. We are talking today with Jackie Longcraw. And Jackie has a process, a five-step process, for helping people move through grief after losing someone they loved in their life, be it a spouse, a child, uh, whoever it might be, a dear friend. So we have just gone through permission to feel. We've also been through embrace your journey, which is step two. And now we're moving into, because through that we just started talking about a support group, which is really important to help you move through. So we're accepting the responsibility of our future. So Jackie, when you talk about support groups in with your um, clients, how does that look? 
Well, I think it's important to find a support group that works for you because what might work for me may not work for the next person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if one doesn't work, that's okay. Uh, Try to find another one. And it, it can be very, very difficult to have the motivation to look for a group at this point, you know, early on in grief. And it, it may or may not be easier for somebody to look for somebody who specializes in grief, maybe one person, such as a coach or a therapist. It mm-hmm. is important at, to find the resource where you feel safe and you can talk and you can work through whatever your grief looks like for you. Now, in the places where you can find those resources of groups, now you've talked about an individual, which I... I think is very important. But then you have to start interacting with more than just one person, a group. Uh, so those would be found in churches and other places? Churches, um, what I've seen are churches, uh, hospitals, hospice frequently will provide grief groups and it kind of depends on you know, if you had somebody there in um, hospice or not in some places, but mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of free resources and it may be one of those things that you ask somebody to look for you because again, it's very, very difficult at this point to even do your own research. Right. So, so asking for help is real, real important. And the advantage in finding a group is that you're with people that have experienced and are experiencing grief. So that's an advantage over relying on a friend who maybe doesn't have the, who certainly doesn't have the experience perhaps. She just loves you and she wants to help you. Uh, so the 100% responsibility for our life you and I can refer to very easily because uh, we learned that through uh, our training with Jack that we're responsible for taking our future into our own hands. It's us. We're creating this life. And so uh, it's really important that we take that responsibility on and move forward. In step four of your process, you say choose your path. So that could be pretty exciting when you think about creating your future. It is. It's, you know, what does our life look like from here forward? What What's our new normal? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we had a good relationship, our husbands, our, our fathers, our mothers, whoever it has, who we've lost, uh, they want us to be happy and to lead fulfilling lives. So the, the path that we choose can still honor that person and mm-hmm. that and by honoring that person what that usually means is what's best for you what's mm-hmm. best for your children if you have children at home you know what yeah. brings you joy and what are you ready for and when right do you ever find that people will sometimes refer to they'll they'll look at something trying to think whether their spouse or their loved one would have approved or not do you find this an, a normal consideration? I I do. I do. Uh-huh. I, I mean, some of these examples are small and some of them are big. But like, I know I had a hard time letting my kids jump on a trampoline because Dale always said no. Uh. And I never really agreed with him, but it was one of those things. I'm like, well, 
all right, they're not going to break their hip if they don't jump on the trampoline. So mm-hmm. I just kind of went along with it. But after he died, it was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of dishonoring him in a way. And then I decided, you know what? He married me and he had children with me and he trusts me to make the best decisions for them. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I feel is best for them today. Mm-hmm. In looking at that and through my process when I was uh, – I went through the death of a marriage, which we call divorce, and I found that it was that transition from being a partner, being two people, and, well, maybe sharing decisions, maybe not, but then thinking as a solo, a single, taking full responsibility. When you're in a partnership, you kind of share the responsibility, so it's that transition to single-taking responsibility for your life that's something you just kind of have to get comfortable with. Yeah, and that that can be a real weight on us. Like, Mm -hmm. I used to make these decisions with him, and now these decisions are all on me. And so that can be a weight, and it can be a trigger for grief. Mm -hmm. And it can we can choose, this is the choice part, We really can choose, do we want it to be a weight or do we want it to be empowering? Right. Well, you know, there's something that we, shifting this look a little bit around and looking at this this issue about choosing your path, if we could just, if it's a big ball, your path is a big ball, and we can turn around and look at it on another side, it's very exciting when you sit down to think about what can I do? What am I capable of doing? Don't you find that very exciting? Do you get it's once you can you can turn some shift somebody's thinking to the possibilities that the whole world is theirs? It is. And this is actually kind of hard to talk about because a lot of people who, you know, are in the depths of grief, it's hard to see the possibilities. It's hard to see what I call the hidden gifts in a situation. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is getting the help to be able to make that shift that you're talking about Mm -hmm. from this is painful, this hurts, this is, um, you know, I'll never have this person again to Mm -hmm. taking the shift of, oh my gosh, I actually can make decisions for myself. And it's bittersweet. I get that. It's bittersweet. And I'm not taking away the pain of that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, what dreams um, have we, when we get married and have children, what do we put on hold? What dreams have we put on hold? Not that that it's a bad choice. You know, marriage and children are beautiful. And some of those dreams we had when we were younger just just kind of get put on the the back burner. And and if we choose to, we can go back into the archives of those dreams and look at them again and say, is this something that I want to do? Is this something that I want to pull out of the archives and go for and live my life more fully because I do know how precious life is more so than I ever did before. Yeah. I want to, if I may, I want to share a story with you, a very brief story here in the few minutes we have. I had a client who had gone through a divorce, 
and um, you can probably identify with this, Jackie. I wanted, I knew that she painted, and I wanted her to start painting again. She had stopped painting. And I said, what about painting? And she said, no, I painted when I was happy. I'm not happy. And I kept going, but you might be happy if you painted. No, I'm not happy. So we put that to the side. We didn't visit it for, and never so often I'd bring it back up. Well, about six months after she had stopped coaching with me, which she coached for, for a year and a half, but a short time after she coached me, I received the most beautiful painted little bluebird. And I knew, I knew she was happy. It was the most beautiful gift I've ever received. <laughs> That is beautiful. Isn't that a wonderful story? Yes. It was, uh, it was, you know, it was reconnecting with those things that make us happy. Is Sometimes we refuse to go there until we think we're happy. So it's and, pretty awesome. I and love she, you know, she could, could use that. She did use that. She gave you a gift, mm-hmm. and that came from her grief. Mm-hmm. So there's another, you know, there's these hidden gifts. Um, I've got a story for you, too. I, um, shortly after Dale died, I, oh, I really had trouble sleeping. And mm-hmm. I was up in the middle of the night, and I decided to write about my feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to fast forward due to time, but those feelings turned, the, um, they were a poem. I decided to turn them into a song. I found a composer who put them in into... Um, a song, and then we did a fundraiser for it to raise money for kidney cancer. And so, you know, there's this hidden gift that came out of my grief, and I've got something beautiful now to give back. Oh, that's wonderful, Jackie. Yeah, I I remember you talking about that, and it means so much more having experienced myself. I know what a great gift that is that you gave. Yeah, it's beautiful. But we have been talking with Jackie, and we've gone through the four stages of her five-step process in recovery. And when we come back, Jackie will share with us the fifth stage. And I want each of you to be here to listen to this. Jackie has been going through this transition and is a coach, a speaker, and a very knowledgeable person, as you can tell, about the process of of grief and recovering your life. So, We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Welcome to Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The Woohoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. From your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. 
Mint using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system and offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit SparkYourSoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. We'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Welcome. We are visiting today with Jackie Longpraw, and she has a process for pain to peace, how to recover after death of a loved one. And she developed this process after going through her own experience at the age of 42, losing her spouse. So, Jackie, we have been through the first four steps, and the fifth step is engage in life. So tell us about engage in life. Well, this may, um, for most people, may not come quickly. And again, that whole time thing, you know, this is your time schedule. But engaging in life is getting back to your life, living your passions and dreams, what's your new normal, and not just what's normal, but living a fulfilling and delightful life. Mm -hmm. This is the absolute best way to bestow tribute to the person who has gone before you and to achieve and to maintain the peace in your life. Mm. Yeah, that's that's where we want to be, back into the peace. And, you know, accepting life as it is today 
knowing that our loved one is gone, but still in our hearts, of course. But is that what peace looks like for you? That's a really good way to describe it. Yeah. You know, I, I honor the people who have gone before me, and I honor them by having peace in my heart and by working through the pain and all the other feelings that come come with losing somebody and getting to peace, knowing that that's where I started in deep, deep pain. And today I can honestly say that, well, I still have moments of grief. They're not very frequently very intense anymore. And I have I have good feelings now. I connect with those who are gone through meditation and through prayer and um, through being creative, like the art that you talked about and mm-hmm. the writing um, that, that I do. And new doors are opening. The depth of the pain that we've had can inspire us to give back and to help others and to give meaning as to why did this have to happen? Why did it have to happen? Mm-hmm. Being able to love again, I mean, that's, that's a big deal because when we feel so much pain after losing someone we love so much, many people find it, many find it impossible to love like that again. Right. And it is possible. And aren't you worth it? Isn't your life worth it? Mm, that's nice. I like that. And Jackie, you have remarried. I right? have. Yes. I have. I'm getting ready to celebrate my anniversary Friday. Oh, how many years? Four years. Ah, that's beautiful. Yep, four years. <laughs> and, and you, how do my people that are listening in today find you if they'd like to talk to you about coaching or if they have questions about your process? Or Sure. Um, well, they can call me at 317 Five six five five, or they can email me at Jackie J A C K I at coachjackie.com. And a fun little resource, if you know, because sometimes people don't really like to reach out; they just like to kind of look at things. And I do have a Facebook page that is called From Pain to Peace. F R O M P A I N. T-O-P-E-A-C-E, and spelling it the same way, from pain2peace.net is actually a way that they could go in and get um, some videos, um, a little bit on the pain to peace process. Oh, good. Yeah, so a couple resources for your listeners out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Now, do you have any, do you do workshops or what do you or I do. primarily coach, or what is your... Um, I, I do both. Um, I'm primarily focusing on individual coaching, and I just have one workshop that's coming up in August, and it's actually um, at my local church, and I haven't even decided what it's going to be. I'm just slated to do that in August. That's in Indianapolis. So if anybody's actually interested in attending that, it would be free. Uh, they can contact me and learn more about that. Oh, that's great. It's great. Um, it's so interesting how the the journey of the life is, I think. Um, sometimes we feel like we're going one direction and of all of a sudden we get a surprise and our direction turns a bit. 
But knowing who we are and how we want to live our life is a great uh, discovery, let's say, because we usually discover that on our journey, don't we? We well. sure do. The life's <laughs> twists and turns. And, you know, I read a good quote today, and boy, I'm going to misquote it, but it was something about the only thing in life that is certain is mm-hmm. uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's learning to live through that uncertainty. It makes a difference on, you know, are we maintaining and creating a happy, joyful life, or are we living in, you know, in the change, you know, not being able to deal with the change. Life is always changing for us. Right. Now, if you would, tell us again the five processes that are involved in your pain-to-peace process. Sure. Um, Well, we start with the pain usually. There's some kind of pain. And the very first step is feeling our feelings, allowing it to come out, That is very, very healthy and normal. So allowing your feelings to come out, giving yourself permission to feel your feelings. And then embracing your journey, the life that has been handed to you, and embracing that. Accepting responsibility for your life. It is your life. It's up to you. Choosing your path. How do you want your life to look from here? And engaging in life and really going out and grabbing what life has to offer you today. Not what we thought life was going to look like, but what is life like for you today? Grab onto your dreams. Be your best you. Be your real you. Be who you are. And ultimately, being who you are and working through these steps in whatever order works for you will help you find a new peace in your life. Now, now when you do this this course, is it normally, is it a three-month, three a six-week? What is the time limit of your course? Well, there's not a time limit. And when I, when I talk to somebody, you know, really, where are we all starting? And where I started is not the same place as where someone else started. You know, what are, what are the beliefs that this person's lived with their whole life? There's so many factors that go into this. And so, you know, some people can work with me for three months and they feel good to go. And others work with me for six months. They feel good to go. And others just choose to stay um, because they like to, to, continue, to continue the coaching relationship regardless of where they are in their grief process. Yes, because you do coach you transition on to just life coaching, don't you, after it doesn't necessarily stay into the grief process. Right. Correct? And, it, and it's not always grief all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it morphs into other things that are going on in people's lives. Again, you know, what are beliefs that someone's lived with their whole life? Um, there's all kinds of things. And so it's very, very individualized. And, you know, what, what does someone need and where are they ready to go? Okay, I have a question for you here that's kind of off the cuff. But what would be one of the most important things that you've learned through your coaching experiences? Um, In terms of what? Can you be more specific on your question? In um, just how people interact with life. Um, how, How is coaching 
changed people's lives? How can it change people's lives? Wow. Every single person I have either worked with myself or I've, I mean, every single person I know who's had a coach, whether they're with me or whether there was someone else, has up-leveled their lives in numerous ways. And it typically starts with thinking they need help with one thing, mm-hmm. and it's really not about that one thing. Yeah, right. Well, Jackie, today has been really a delight to help us with one of the more difficult parts of transitioning in our lives, which comes unexpected sometimes and gives us, just keeps us, knocks us off our balance, as you might think it would do. So I really appreciate the, the ability that you have to share this information with people in their, some of their gravest days, some of their really darkest days, then to move them from where they are to in pain to where they are want to be in peace. So I thank you very much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you and to share this this topic today. So please go to her website, check her out on Facebook, or give her a call, and we will look forward to talking with you next month next week. You know, life is just what we choose it to be. So I hope you'll go out and choose this week to be a great week for you. It's your decision. It's Joyce Buford, Second Wind. Until next week, thank you for being with us today. joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at the same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest. Second Wind.